Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. want to live well, do good, be happy. But how do we do that in the middle of our regular routine of kids complaining and laundry to fold? How do we live well, do good, be happy with big jobs and full lives? Well, I'm Polly Campbell, and that's what we'll talk about here on Simply Sunday. Well, hello there. I'm happy to be here. In fact, a few days ago, I was very, very, very happy. I was out golfing with my husband. The sun was out. It was a warm day and I chipped it in from the rough. So that was totally fun. And getting a low golf score made me happy. And I was happy for about two holes when I three putted and then I wasn't happy. And then later I was happy again because I had a glass of wine and I started reading a new book and it was a good day, right? Because that's how happiness works. The kind of happiness I'm talking about is called hedonic happiness. Hedonic happiness is that good feeling that comes as a result of something outside of us. Something external happens. Uh, We get a new pair of shoes, or in my case, the book I've been waiting for comes in. Something outside of us happens, and that prompts feelings of happiness. And then it fades quickly right? So sometimes we get it stuck in this cycle of trying to keep those good, happy feelings alive by doing more, by buying more shoes, by eating more, by playing golf and hitting a better shot or doing something else that will make us feel those happy feelings again. But I think this becomes exhausting after a while, this constant pursuit, looking outside of ourselves so that we can create those happy feelings, all is needing to buy the next thing or get the new job or travel someplace exotic. I'm more interested in the things we can do to create sustained joy, that sense of satisfaction and contentment and meaning in life. I'm more interested in the kind of happiness that scholars and bigwigs call eudaimonic happiness. And that's what we are going to talk about today on Simply Sun. Hey, I'm Polly Campbell, and I'm happy to be here today on the show where we discuss practical ways. And by practical, I mean the things that even I can do to live well, feel good, and be happy. And happiness, I think we're too focused on it. I think we give it too much weight. Of course it feels good, and and that matters. I think life is about feeling good. We ought to feel good in this world. 
But happiness doesn't count for much without the contrast. And that means we've got to feel sad sometimes or melancholy. We've got to notice our grief and feel angry so that when the happiness does come down, when we do feel uh, satisfied and content, we know what it truly means to be happy. If we didn't have any of the contrast of a sad feeling, we wouldn't know what it meant to be happy. It wouldn't matter so much. But what does all this mean and how does all this come together? The other day, my husband and I were talking about this in a roundabout way as go most of our conversations. <laughs> he thought we were talking about a commercial on television and I was thinking the commercial was a metaphor for the entire life experience. Um, as is usually the way I, I'm a ponderer, I'll contemplate these things and that poor guy, he just wants to watch TV, you know? <laughs> so in any event, this commercial triggered me to ask him the question, what would your perfect day look like? What would it look like? And this was a hard exercise because we don't indulge that way very often. And he started to go lofty, winning a million dollars at the lottery. And then it got real quiet and he went step by step through his day. A perfect day for him would be getting up after a good sleep, eating good breakfast, going for a short run, and then heading out for a golf game or a fishing outing, and then hanging out and watching our favorite sports teams, the Ducks or the Portland Trailblazers, pound the other team and route to a victory. His perfect day was really about hanging out in his home with his family and doing a few of the things he loved. And what's interesting is most of the stuff he put on his perfect day list, we had done that day. We had gone for a golf game. We were watching our team. We'd eaten good food that we loved. And we do a lot of those things. We spend a lot of time together in this family because it's something that we value and it's important to all of us. He was living his perfect day and he hadn't even noticed until we talked about it, right? That happens so often in life. We talk about wanting career success. And when we really sit down and write down or notice what that success would look like for us, we recognize that we already have many of those things. I think that happens sometimes with happiness too. That we fail to notice. And when we really sit down and take an inventory of what we have, we have all the conditions, all the things that we say will make us happy. So I think that's where you start if you want greater happiness in your life, if you want to feel more of that. I think we need to start with an inventory. Take a look at what you have now. What conditions, qualities, people contribute to your happiness? What do you have? What do you lack at? But I'm not talking about the kind of happiness that comes with a low golf score or victory by my University of Oregon Ducks, though those things make me very, very happy and I'm not turning them away when they come my way. But I'm talking about the kind of happiness, the depth that comes with joy, the kind of sustained eudaimonia, the deep feeling of well-being, joy that comes when we live our best life. This kind of happiness can contribute to good feelings even when the moment is going haywire. This is sustainable happiness. Eudaimonia is a Greek word that was used by Aristotle. Yes, how do you like that? See, I do do my research here. I study up for you people. 
Eudaimonia is really a composite of many ideas, but it all boils down to this. It's living a meaningful life. It means living with psychological well-being, and that includes personal growth and a sense of purpose and self-acceptance and solid relationships, a sense of freedom or autonomy. Those things together leave to this deeper sense of joy and life satisfaction and well-being, which contribute to our overall feeling of happiness. Sometimes it shows up as contentment. Sometimes it shows up as happiness or extreme joy or just a settling, a, a sense that all is right with the world. So we can do super fun stuff and buy those new shoes you've been looking at or hang out with the family or do something with your girlfriends or go for a happy hour and we can feel happy in the moment. And those feelings will fade over time as we move on to the next thing. And that's all good. That's important. But eudaimonic happiness is about purpose and self-discovery. Hedonic happiness is about discovering that new flavor of ice cream that you can't get without. Or by the way, pineapple frozen yogurt. Oh my goodness. It's like summer in a cup. I love that stuff. Hedonic happiness is about discovering the pineapple flavor of frozen yogurt or that great movie or having your team win big and you feel happiness for a while and that's what we're after. But I'm not really in the pursuit of that kind of happy anymore. I want to lay the foundation for joy. I'm not in the pursuit of any emotion or feeling, really. I just want to notice what comes my way. I want to notice whatever it is I'm feeling. I want to pay attention to those emotions because they are cues. They tell us when we're on track in our life, when we're headed in the wrong direction, when we're in danger, when we need to redirect our energy toward a new goal. Emotions help us empathize and relate and live on purpose. So while some feelings are more comfortable than others, they all serve us if we're paying attention. But when we lay that foundation in place, when we begin paying attention, when we begin doing things that are meaningful to us, when we connect deeply with another person, when we start to do the things that matter, we are creating the foundation for a deeper kind of joy, one that will last with us. It's good to feel good. We should be happy in our lives. And we can work to create that sense of happiness and joy. And when we feel good, we do better. When we do better, we can change the world in a positive direction for everyone else and ourselves, right? But what I'm suggesting is that we stop pursuing the quick hit of happy. Stop our focus only on the fast food variety of happiness. And create something more sustainable more meaningful, something that will allow us to grow and connect and make a positive contribution in the world while we are eating the ice cream that makes us happy because I am all about that, people. <laughs> when we are living in alignment with our values and our purpose, we are more resilient. We are more capable. And this moves us through the trouble spots. It helps us cope until we can find the moments of happy again. And then when that hedonic happiness comes and you go after that and you get the shoes or start the new relationship, you don't have to spend your life pursuing only those moments because you know that while that form of happy will fade, you have something more sustainable, something richer that will lay the foundation in your life for a happy, satisfying life no matter what you're doing, right? 
This brings us to the Simply Nifty segment where I talk about my favorite things, books, ideas, practices, websites. And today I'm talking about something that does make me happy. And it's a gray heart. It's a, it's a soapstone, piece of Kenyan soapstone carved into a heart. And it fits exactly in the palm of my hand. And it was given to me by somebody I love a lot. And it just feels like the foundation of my soul, right? This, this heavy piece of rock that comes from the earth, comes from the natural sustaining form. When I look at it, it makes me happy. And it also reminds me of my energy and intention to create something deeper here. So what makes you happy? What do you find is simply nifty? What can you hold in the palm of your hand or look at in a book or reach into your heart and remember something that fills you with that kind of sustainable joy? Think about that today. And that pulls us to the Simply Start segment. Because like I was saying earlier, I think we have access to this kind of joy and happiness. I think we simply don't notice when it arrives. We're so busy creating in our lives and doing in our lives that we skip right over it. So today I want you to give some thought to the things that make you happy and the things that support you in your best life. So pull out a pen and paper. This is the Simply Start segment where we start exercising these practices and drawing these good things into our life. Pull out a pen and paper or turn on your computer and give some thought to these questions and just Jot down your notes. And there's no wrong answer. You will not be graded. I'm not correcting grammar. But give some thought to these questions. What does your perfect day look like? What do you do when you feel most satisfied and content? Or what's happening when you feel your greatest sense of satisfaction or contentment? What matters to you most in your life? What are your values? And what do you feel is your greater purpose? And don't worry if you don't know. We're going to cover purpose later in another segment and episode. But chances are you're already acting on your purpose, even if you don't know what that is. So for this exercise, simply write down some activity, something you do that when you are doing it, you feel happy or connected or grateful or in a state of flow. Some activity, some action that makes you feel good, right? So did you write those questions? Did you get some notes down? The questions are, what does your perfect day look like? When do you feel most satisfied and content? What matters to you most? And what do you believe your purpose is? Just drop some notes down around those questions, some ideas, some thoughts. Again, no perfect answers. But after you get some things written down, take a look at that list. How often are you doing any of these things? Are you already living your perfect day? Is it showing up for you in surprising ways? If you are, give thanks for that. If not, pick one or two of those things on your list. Time with your kid or hiking outdoors or cooking or meditating or exercising or reading, going to the movies and do it, even just for five minutes. Move close to what you value, what you believe your purpose is and do those things. And then begin to notice what your happiness looks like, what it feels like when you're moving close to those things that you think matter. 
right? This is a short self-inventory. And it's good to start with some questions like this, to challenge yourself a little bit, to get some sense of where we are in our lives. What's working? What can we do more of to create the things we want and need the most? It's not about getting stuff or being happy all the time. We need the contrast of other experience and emotions to know what happiness and joy truly looks and feels like to us. But this kind of self-inventory is about awareness so that when we are moving close to those moments of happiness and contentment, we allow them in. We recognize them. And when we are moving further away, we can take a pause, take a step back and deliberately move toward the things that are more meaningful to us. And that will help us boost those good feelings. So as a final part of this, I want to give you something to think about. And this is something I've been working with a lot this week, and it makes total sense to me. So I wanted to share it with you. Research shows that we are happier when we are not so self-focused. We are happier when we look beyond ourselves. In a study, Iowa State University psychologists recruited college students to walk around a building on campus for 12 minutes. Okay. One group of these students was asked to look at people and silently offer good wishes in a method called loving kindness. Loving kindness is a kind of meditation where you extend your awareness to others and wish them well um, through silently repeating certain phrases. Okay. One group of students was just directed to walk around the building and look at people as they pass and consider how connected we all are. They weren't invited to speak to the people. They were just supposed to look at the people they passed and, and contemplate how connected we all are and how we all share the same hopes and feelings. And the third group of students was asked to make comparisons between themselves and others as they walked around to evaluate each person and consider how much better off they were than the people they passed. Turns out the students who offered up the kindnesses, the silent well wishes, felt happier and more connected, more empathetic, and less anxious. The results were pretty definitive, but the group who extended silent well wishes felt a whole lot better better. The group who compared themselves to others felt less empathetic, less caring, less connected, and they felt a lot more stressed out. So even extending a good thought to a stranger, someone you pass on the street, is going to make you feel better, right? So let's talk about a loving kindness meditation or approach that they used in the study. And this is something that uh, I used in the morning sometimes during my morning ritual of meditation. And there's lots of sites that will give you some background into this. You can look it up. I'll post it in my show notes. But a simple way to get started on this is to simply repeat to yourself these phrases. May you live with ease. May you be happy. May you be free from pain. And as you're repeating these phrases, have someone in mind, someone that you know uh, needs some positive energy or your love or your compassion, someone that you're having problems with that you want to uh, ease conflict with. And again, repeat these phrases. May you live with ease. May you be happy. May you be free from pain. Just 
pause or sit quietly for a moment, get someone in your mind's eye or notice someone as you're passing on the street and send these silent wishes their way. You're going to feel better. This could really be part of my Simply Nifty segment because I love this living kindness meditation. And you can look it up. There are many variations on the internet, living kindness meditation. Um, And it really is a way to, for me, it really helps me get rooted in what's important to me and how I want to go through the world. I'm not always good at doing that on my own. On my best days, I will pause and send positive wish may you live with ease out to people I'm struggling with Um, I do it for myself I do it with those I love who I know uh, need an extra boost those I care about and the pause reminds me to root back in the things that are meaningful to me the things that I value the people I value and send the intention out in the world to contribute something better Uh, So I love it. And when I remember to do it on my best days, it really supports me and elevates my life experience. And now we have the science to back it up. You're going to feel better. I'm going to lay the foundation for that kind of eudaimonic happiness that we're talking about here that will sustain you through life's darker times and leave you feeling even better during the good stuff. You would feel better and happier when you wish others well. And to me, that just makes so much sense. Like, especially right now, right? And in so many parts of life, we need this. We need to take care of each other. And we need to be polite and kind and compassionate. We need to recognize that everyone is having their own journey and their own hardship and their own story. We have become more impolite and blaming and judging and condemning. I think loving kindness meditation, I think simply good manners and wishing others well can change all that in a flash. And that's what I'm working on right now because I think this stuff matters. I want to be happy. I want to experience joy and I want you to feel good too because like I said earlier, when we feel good, we do good and that can elevate this experience for all of us. I think we owe each other this kind of gentleness and kindness and joy. And I think we owe it to yourself. So I wish you well. May you live with ease and comfort. May you be happy and healthy. And just thinking of it, saying it all to myself, makes me feel better too. So try it this week. Take a quick happiness self-inventory. What makes you feel good? What makes you feel joy? What are you doing when you feel most satisfied? What brings you greatest, greater meaning, makes you feel purposeful? And how often are you living close to those things? And how often do you notice? Then send all that good energy out into the world and wish that happiness, peace, and comfort onto others. And we'll all be okay. We have got this, right? You want some more details about the research I used in this episode and the ways I employ it in my life? Check out the show notes at www imperfectspirituality.com and you can also hit me up on twitter at pl campbell and check out the Polly campbell author speaker facebook page we talk about stuff like this here and i drop down some of my experiences too how this stuff works or doesn't work for me in my life that's it for today thanks for being here if you like what you hear please let others know and give an awesome review and we'll keep plugging along with Polly campbell on simply said now let's all go live well Do good and be happy.
Futurecast. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.